Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dave Clay. I may have said this on the podcast before, but <laughs> it's quite possibly worthy of repeating to this extent. Um, I always seem to find myself in a circumstance like this where I'm looking back and I'm, I'm regretting <laughs> what it is that's sitting before me. And what is it that's sitting before me? It's the thing of my own creation. And it could be something I actually purchased. Uh, somebody else not only created it, uh, designed it, engineered it. Uh, they included all the parts. <laughs> To put it together. And with that, neatly tucked in an instruction pamphlet uh, as to tell me step by step how to put it together so it is foolproof. <laughs> I cannot fail. But alas, <laughs> over and over again, I am always seemingly failing. Uh, by no stretch of imagination am I a carpenter, a mechanic, someone who is an engineer type. But you would think I could possibly go buy this piece of furniture, whatever it may be, and be able to rightly put it together. My problem is that I'll read the instructions. My problem is, should I read the instructions? And after a while, you do begin to think, well, maybe I should read the instructions. Where are those instructions? But I always am chasing down the end, <laughs> thinking I know better the steps, and with that, paying no attention to the specifics of the steps, always leave something out. Always put the wrong thing together, wrong parts together, uh, and most often <laughs> have to disassemble it uh, to get it rightly put together. 1 Samuel, I'm going to go to uh, chapter 15, and we're going to go to 29, verse 29. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Now, we've been in Samuel for the last several podcasts. I promise you this one will not be as long as the last one, although I cannot promise that it'll be rightly constructed. I certainly make mistakes along the way, use the wrong word, uh, am not maybe as knowledgeable as I would want to be, uh, and therein feel like maybe I've left something out or inserted something. I try never to do that. I know that the word says, the Bible says, don't add or take anything away from the word of God. But when I'm reading the Bible, that's not what I have the problem. It's what I've tried to remember and, uh, again, rightly put it together and am totally then relying upon the Holy Spirit to accomplish that end and that work. That's when it gets a little dicey for me. But if I really did all of those things, I just got through declaring, even God, even the Holy Spirit would take all the things that maybe I forgot, jumped ahead on, not that I would want to ever be misquoting of the scripture or wrong in that sort of way. But even should something come out of my mouth that I will live to regret uh, later on, the Holy Spirit takes it and blesses it and uses it to good end. 
It doesn't justify not reading the word. It does not justify a lack of study. It just means my brain doesn't work as well as it used to. Should it have ever worked that well? And I've already confessed. Give me instructions and I still find a way to mess it up. And should it seem like all of this is trivial, (laughs) it does not necessarily have to be. I've spent, expended quite a bit of resource, including money on projects that I have found that I put together wrong and unfortunately can't disassemble and reassemble and get it right. Uh, Sometimes they're just throwaways. So it's not like it has little, in my mind, consequence for a mistake. It's just a mistake can be corrected for the most part. What can be, though, is a will not to learn from your mistakes. And what is it that maybe we should learn (laughs) as quickly and as soon as possible in life? And that is, if God tells you to do something and he's very specific about the way to do it, then do it his way. It would not be that God would not forgive. It would just be even in God's forgiveness, we still may not actually get to see what possibly he has had in store for us or desired for us, the intention outcome. And this passage that I read to you, this verse I read to you a moment ago, is smack dab in the middle of the story, so to speak. Maybe more toward, not only middle, but middle toward end of Saul being king. And why did he not get to stay king? Because it was important. And with that, he didn't follow the instructions specifically. And to that end, the verse I read... And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. I think that there's a bit of an acknowledgement here that it's going to take more than a man to get it right. Now God can use men, and certainly there's some people who are carpenters, and there's some individuals who otherwise are engineers, and there's some folks that could just go buy something, bring it home, or have it shipped home, Unpack it and put it together the first time without mistakes. I'm not that man. I can't, again, finish a podcast without believing that I've committed not only one, two, maybe a couple serious errors. I hope never, but I have to be honest, right? Sometimes stuff falls out of my mouth that I wish I had never said that doesn't seem to make any sense that God would have to correct me on. It's humbling when that happens, but I'm a man. And I sort of take this passage in the same sort of a way. And in that same spirit, I do think that's why a lot of people (laughs) seek pastoral care, Christian counseling from men, uh, from women, from persons, humans. Uh, because we can't do it unto ourselves, in ourselves. We're always going to make mistake. Uh, what is it that in the, the book of Ecclesiastes, I think it's a three-twined, here we go, this is a mistake, I'm sure. A three-twined rope is strongest, not even just a double, but you need three to make it strongest, intertwined. Uh, but it's that same principle, You are probably not going to be strong enough alone 
add somebody else or someone else to it who can maybe see it a little more objectively, uh, that they're, they're not uh, at whatever moment or time capable of making a mistake, uh, but should they lead with the Holy Spirit and should they then be able to see it more clearly or most clearly, objectively, then between the two of you, you and that person, you got a really good chance of getting it right. But if you add the third dimension, the third strand, the Holy Spirit, that's what I'm trying to say on the podcast. He takes all my wrongs, all my imperfections, all my human failings, and in the name of Jesus, by the power of God, His grace, mercy, and forgiveness, He makes them right. There's no reason he should make them right, except I love him and I trust him. And I try to follow the instructions. And so most of my mistakes, should I make them, I would want to believe they're honest ones. They're not ones that come out of a will to disobey per se or to be so disobedient that I blaspheme the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, who is the voice within me that God chooses to use in the name of Jesus through Jesus Christ who now lives in me as a Christian to tell me what to do. Now, that's another advantage of having three strands. (laughs) Me, you, and Jesus. And Jesus is constantly talking to me if I should care to listen. He's constantly instructing me. I do study the word for my brain so I can cooperate. I believe any of that sort of studying that I might do out of, once again, my carnal sort of nature or vessel that I am would be for the sake of cooperation. Uh, It can validate the truth inside of me, as with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But it's no replacement without Jesus and the Holy Spirit because even with the Word, I'm going to get it wrong because I'm not going to do it with the intention that God has called me to. Now, I think we cut Saul a little bit of slack the last podcast that not only was he human, a man, but he was Old Testament and he wasn't Jesus. And Jesus was not given in the same way that we have him today. So Saul gets a bit of slack. I'm sure that even with Jesus that has been given unto us, and again, once more, us accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, operating within the Holy Spirit, that is the source, the voice, the place from which inside of me emanates the instructions, the commandments of God. When I get it wrong, there's grace and mercy to be included in that love as much as there's direction. The Holy Spirit comforts as well as leads and guides and directs. The Holy Spirit is love. God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. But I know because he lives within my heart. Forgive me. I always am taken back to those old hymns. That we used to sing in church. But my point is, I don't know that Saul was quite to the same place that I am. But I also don't know that I am all that much advanced over Saul or where he was. Why do I say that? Because I am just as culpable, just as guilty of committing the same error that 1 Samuel chapter 15 captures. 
And should we go back up to verse 28? And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath torn the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine, who is is better than thou. Okay. That's humbling in and of itself. First, it's Samuel, who, who in his day, in this time frame that we're reading from, was probably the closest thing to Jesus as there would have been then or maybe even before, maybe even after as much up to the coming of Jesus. And yet, here he is speaking to Saul, and with that, Saul being human, and with that, Saul being fallible, and with that, Saul needing a boatload of grace and mercy as well as guidance and instruction, he just made a big mistake. And with that, it cost him the kingdom of Israel. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that Saul wasn't forgiven, because if we go on down to verse 30, Saul responds when Samuel says that. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. Continuing 31. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. So Saul was forgiven for his mistake, but it still cost him the kingdom of Israel. Now, was that the kingdom of God? No, it was the kingdom of Israel. Was that going to be then, in that same sort of a way, the ultimate in terms of kingdoms of God? Uh, best representation in material terms, in human terms? No, I think you could arguably say that David was, as even Samuel had said, better than thou. Uh, But even then, I'm not sure that you couldn't also say Solomon, who I mentioned the three-braided cord from the book of Ecclesiastes, the wisest that's ever been. (laughs) And yet, as manifest the kingdom of God, still was lacking the kingdom of heaven (laughs) or Holy Spirit dimension. He did pray for virtue, which I do believe in that instruction that Bathsheba gave him about marrying a virtuous woman, there was a bit of a a secondary message, if not it's the primary message, but it went along with that advice. Uh, Proverbs 31, I believe it is. But it is that Solomon got it. He was to pray for wisdom, prayed for wisdom, and therein God established as close as any human has come to the kingdom of God on earth. But it still was insufficient. Why? Because Solomon did the same thing that Saul did. He didn't follow the direction of the Lord in that sort of way where the conversational element of Jesus was not there for him. Though the Holy Spirit was, he had no translator, if I could say it that way. He had no way to really make that from within him until Jesus came. Something of an ongoing conversation. Yes, he could have a conversation with Samuel. Samuel had a direct conversation with God. But God kept talking to Samuel. It wasn't necessarily from within Samuel. It was still outside. Samuel knew the word of God. Saul probably not as well as Samuel. But therein is the conundrum for Saul. Because if we go up to verse 
24, And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. And again, this is verse 24. And Samuel, and now to 26. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. I believe, emphasize the I, <laughs> I believe that in the flesh, in the carnal nature, in the physical dimension, in all that goes with humanity, including all those things that otherwise are construct of our physiology, such as psychology, and to some extent, a kind of counterfeit or generic form of spirituality, those are never going to be without the word of God anointing them and then more so without the acceptance of Jesus as Lord and Savior. There is never going to then be as much the word of God is inspired of the Holy Spirit. There is never going to be the kind of translation either in a literal way as with just again our mortality or human vessel that we are to interpret that, even should the Holy Spirit then reside in us a priori to now, it would be accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, the translator, so to speak, that brings that word in some sort of way that we can, word, living word, he did that literally, that we could then see a tangible representation of what the Holy Spirit in a language that is completely unknown to us as a holy language, as maybe even speaking in tongues, different sort of language. Maybe it's only love, but it's more than love, I'm sure, because there is direction, but maybe it is just love because maybe the direction... I, I went, said that earlier, went to the Holy Spirit being not only our comforter, but our lead and guide and director. He gives us direction in our life. But until Jesus comes along and begins to reside within us, either in a material sort of way, and he came along and began to speak to the people who were alive in a material sort of way, when he was alive in a material sort of way, in human dimension... But more so now, based on or by profit of or consequence, we profit or benefit now from his resurrection. He comes to reside within us. And then he immediately begins to translate all of this on a continuous basis. He's the one speaking to us. Holy Spirit is speaking. Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. We don't even know what to pray for. But Jesus brings tangible dimension to it. He brings a more material context, a picture to it. Without Jesus, we wouldn't know because we'd only have our carnal nature to rely upon. Now again, I'm cutting Saul some slack. Last podcast, we framed it as immaturity. Saul was not yet at that place of maturity. 
Jesus had not come yet. It's not an excuse, just a fact. It's not justification, just a reality. But when Samuel came and gave Saul specific instructions, he expected Saul to follow those instructions specifically, and so did God. But that's the whole point. Saul couldn't. And therein, as I've read these verses in 1 Samuel 15, that's the consequence. So, a counselor, a pastoral care, specialized pastoral care services, Christian counselor, isn't Jesus. And do you need one of the, those, specialized pastoral care, Christian counselor? No, you don't. It does help, I believe. That's what we've been trained in, or at least specialized in. That's why I call it specialized pastoral care. Because it's directed toward this particular pursuit. But you need Jesus and somebody there who is outside of you. Even so, as maybe Samuel could be seen as, even within today's time frame. As then a pastor, as then maybe a specialized pastoral counselor, Christian counselor, uh, maybe someone that is a seer or somebody that offers advice or God would choose to use in the Holy Spirit to deliver a word unto you because, again, it's a three-braided, three strands braided together, rope that the strongest that can be to your advantage and benefit. And I think that that is probably why, in my mind, there's any reason for covenants. Is that, yes, you could get that at church and from a pastor. And yes, you could get that from a person in your family. And yes, you can get that from a neighbor and a friend. Uh, oftentimes, there's maybe not the same degree of maturity there uh, Amongst those individuals, maybe it's just hard to find <laughs> seemingly today. David said that. I could get away with it. A righteous person to be found. Uh, God's word and through the Holy Spirit, his spirit has been liberally distributed. It's because people don't listen anymore. They don't seek the word of God. I don't, again, want to say that we're different, but I do want to say you're pretty sure, could be pretty certain, at least with covenants, that we're going to understand our role. We're not going to offer advice or opinion out of anything but the Holy Spirit. And in that, hopefully, we're a bit more seasoned and mature, if only because of the numbers, the vast number of people that we see, have seen. I've been doing this since 1985. That's a lot of people. I lost count years and years and years ago. But whether it's specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, a pastor at church, a brother or sister in Christ, they need to know their relationship with God in the same way that you need to know your relationship with God. And probably if we all knew our relationship with God at that level and had gotten to that point of maturity in Christ, relationship-wise, we might not even need anybody to interpret it. And that's the whole point, too, with Saul. That's what God wanted. 
He didn't want them to have a king because this is the kind of trouble you get into when you insert somebody between you and God, even Samuel. But should you, perchance, seek out the counsel of someone, <laughs> as much as I've tried to establish or give, them, give you some sense of what credential to look for, you still need to know it's the Word of God. And therein, if it doesn't match to the literal Word of God, as in Old and New Testament, if it's not bearing witness, as in with the Holy Spirit, or from within you, as with the Holy Spirit, should you be a Christian if it's not lining up with the convictions that the Holy Spirit is bringing to you, then you may not want to listen. But should it be? (laughs) Then... Do what we say. I'm not saying it will always fix everything. I'm not saying there won't be additional struggles. I'm not saying that you need someone, me, someone like me, someone who would be inserted in that same kind of place in your life to constantly tell you what to do. That's not what I'm saying. And actually, I think that's just the opposite of what I'm saying because it's the opposite of what the Bible says. Get Jesus so that he can do that from within you. We now have the great counselor. But for those individuals who don't know quite know that yet or might still be on the journey to getting there, then I do believe that in God's benevolence and grace and mercy, he allows us to encourage one another. And certainly some of us are been gifted within this pastoral, ministerial sort of role. And I don't know that that's bad. I think the New Testament church had those same kind of positions where there were individuals who were ministering in the various stations or places of ministry within the Christian body, the community, that God specialized, that God set aside for certain tasks and purposes. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it always should be leading to Jesus. And it always should bear witness of Jesus. And it always should bear witness of God. It should never go against the word of God. It should never go against the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if it does, then beware. But even as it might occasionally, somebody might not really be where they need to be, the Holy Spirit will cover you. But really, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is speak to you through Christ within you so you don't need to run, have any risk. Run the risk of interference. That is the end also of coming to specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling ministry, is to take people back to Jesus. And to say, there's your answer. <laughs> Seek it within you. Read the word. Pray. <laughs> Listen for the Holy Spirit. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Again, a priority before you do anything else. Understand why you need saving. Why you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But should you occasionally, for whatever reason, be found in a place? God doesn't want to take the kingdom of heaven away from you. 
even as I don't believe Saul lost that, I think Samuel did come back and pray with him, and that was okay. But that was in heavenly terms, and that was soul-saving terms, and I'm not saying it's the lesser, but he missed his moment. He missed his opportunity. And maybe you're quite all right with that and saying, well, it just must not have been his opportunity. And, of course, everything is rightly put together of the Lord. And he takes even mistakes that we make and bad judgments, bad decisions. He takes them and uses them for good. We learn from them and we grow in him and we grow in virtue. Again, character, as Bathsheba told Solomon and Solomon, at least, they didn't do so well with the marriage part. But he did pretty well with the marrying of the virtue, which was really not even Solomon's doing. It was a promise that God had made to David, who was this neighbor of thine, who God had chosen to uh, take over the mantle of the king of Israel. But God wants to speak to you directly. But the only way he's going to speak to you directly is not through me. Or anybody else. It's through the Holy Spirit and Jesus in you. Through the Word of God. But not everybody's there. And if we can continue to cover and disciple and teach and help individuals mature and grow and get to that place of relationship, not of what we teach, what we testify of, <laughs> what we example, that's what we want. But that's the answer to all problems including counseling ones. And I'm not above or beyond saying that, certainly on the podcast today, but when you come in, I'm only here as long as you need me to keep reminding you of Jesus that should be, as with the quickening spirit, alive within you. And if he's not, then we need to do a bit more searching to figure out what's getting in the way. But all of our advice, in short version, that you would ever get from anyone who might do specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, it needs to go to Jesus. It needs to be, go to Jesus. That's what it needs to be. Because if you do, you'll get the answer. And in that, we'll work our way out of a job. Because all the ills, all the suffering whether it's you or somebody else that brought that to you. Immaturity. Sometimes, again, willful disobedience. Uh, All of that is something that really doesn't have to be except that Jesus hasn't come again. Now, I know that it is better to obey than to sacrifice. And when you are a bit confused, then at least try to just do what the Word says. But it's always better if it's inspired of the heart because, or from the heart, the living Word. Because not only is it going to be for sure sanctified, not only is it going to be for sure God speaking to you, but there's going to be a power attached to it so that you can sustain it. Obedience is no substitute for salvation. (laughs) And salvation is only predicate upon the fact that you can't do that out of obedience alone. But it was probably good for the sake of Saul to be reminded. And we're going to go back up to verse, I'll go to 22. 
And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Now again, rebellion. Saul was rebellious. He confesses. Though I'm not sure entirely what he meant exactly as he said it, that he listened to the voice of the people. You know, that might open up again a little bit of a consideration. What was he trying to do? After all, the people really wanted him to be king. Was he wanting to serve them? Was it all about self-service? He knew he did wrong, though, because he ran from Samuel. Samuel had to go hunt him down. But certainly, stubbornness, if you are already convicted and you know... And maybe that's the answer to that question. If Saul knew, then that's exactly what it is. Rebellion and stubbornness. But a mistake, an honest mistake, before you're aware, before you really realize it, is forgivable. And I do believe it's covered. (laughs) All sins are covered. Even so, iniquity is covered by the blood of the Lamb. But for us to receive it, to be cleansed and to operate in the full power to achieve the end that God has called us to... You cannot be rebellious or stubborn. And in that sense, obedience is not only following the commandment, what God tells you to do, but the ultimate is the obedience is to submit (laughs) to God, at least, again, I said it earlier, to the acceptance of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as with a confession and penitent, repent, that you don't have it in you to do the right thing without Jesus. He's, again, the only way you get it right. So as much as, again, I would encourage, that would be my encouragement. Again, as much as I might exhort, that would be my exhortation. As much as, again, I might counsel, that would be my counsel. Find Jesus and have a regular conversation with him. Find him in the Holy Holy Word, Holy Spirit or Word alive in you, and just keep talking to him. And when I started with verse 29, and also the strength of Israel not will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. It's Jesus. I think that's what Samuel's talking about. Jesus was a man, but he's not a man now. Even as a man, he was our Lord and Savior, but he's not a man now. At one point, he was living amongst us. He still is in spirit, and as much as we might be some material representation, as with the Holy Spirit operating from within us, of Christ in this world, Jesus will come again to claim the church, but he's beyond all that. (laughs) And aren't we glad? Because... Now he can live within us. He's not bound to the body. He can live within us. And not only can he live within us corporately, as the body would be of Christ or the church, he can live corporately within your body. And you, all you have to do is just make space for him, place for him. But it's the same thing about receiving or seeking counsel. 
You have to make space for it. That's the confession. That's the repent, penitence, penitent heart. And that is the seeking of the word. But not only the written word, but when you come see us, covenants, it's the living word. And we seek to get into his presence. In that same sort of way, that's what we try to deliver on the podcast. The word of God. And with that hopeful that there's that anointing upon it. And that you receive that as much. Even though we're not in the same physical space. Even if we may not be exactly in the same dimension as we would know time to be when I'm saying this to you. I just would hope that the podcast could achieve a similar end to remind you of Jesus alive in you. And with that, the anointing that we have now access to. The Holy Spirit now has a translator. (laughs) So we can hear him more clearly and we can follow his commandment. We're still going to make mistakes, but that's where grace and mercy and forgiveness. There's a sin and then there's a sin unto death. As long as you don't blaspheme the Holy Ghost, the sin of rebellion, stubbornness, witchcraft, everything else is covered by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I'd like to invite you back, though, to our next podcast. You can get a hold of us. You can find us at covenantsonline.com, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can call 304-528-9220. You can find us on Facebook at Covenants. Or you can just simply come back to the next podcast drop. We do it weekly on Sundays. And uh, with that then, get a chance to open the Word of God and study a bit and share a bit. And as much as I would have all intentions, allow the Word of God to stir you up a bit inside and help you to find Jesus in you. But as always, until our next edition of What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry, I do want to wish you the best. And I just want to say be blessed. But also, I just want to thank you. Thanks for listening.